Hi, this is Larry Hama, and you're listening to Back to the Bins. Alvin is over my shoulder as we speak, eating. Alvin is on your shoulder. Makes me happy. Meow. Meow. Sticks his claws in and makes you cry. <laughs> oh, boy. That just sounds wonderful. Oh. No, so I never was much of a singer. Back to the bin. So we're gonna do a show. Uh, we just gotta shoot the show. Curtains, lights. lights. This is it. We'll hit the the heights. heights. And oh, what heights heights will hit? hit. On the show, show. this This is it. Oscar-winning doctor. (laughs) And that Emmy and Tony Award-winning producer. Uh, Yeah, neither, neither nor. But Either here or. we are, and let's do a show. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Back to the Bins. This is our, oh, I don't know what we'll call it. I guess it's an email episode. So if you don't like email, listen anyway, because sometimes there's funny stuff. You never know what might happen. And let's jump right into it, just because. Not that I know what's going to happen. I just, I just, I, I never know what's going to happen. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I don't I don't either. You want me to read or are you gonna read? I'll start it right off. I'll jump right in with our first one who is from once again our good friend Russell Bragg. Hi guys. I didn't mean anything by my ha-has after greeting Scott. And I'm gonna interrupt it right there and say, No, you should mean something by it. Because <laughs> I, I Scott, I usually laugh. Usually oh, when I say hi to you through Ben's mail, you oh, aren't wait, there. Wait, so oh, ha ha. But wait, you didn't read the subject. Uh, subject is back to the bins two hundred four when Alvin attacks. Oh, okay, all right. Sorry, that's my o- that's my my vampire OCD kicking in. It's it when Alvin attacks. As Scott was trying to help me out on Dracula, I remembered that I do have the Fright Night movies. I saw the first one in the theater, but not the sequel. I don't. I don't remember the second one being released. The second one might have been direct video. I'm not sure. Really? Well, I'm not sure. I don't remember it being in the movie theater. <sighs> yeah, I don't. Well, I was too young to see it in the theater. I would. I saw Fright Night on cable. So I, I think saw I saw the second one on cable. Fright Night. Yeah, I love the original. I saw the sequel. I saw the sequel on VHS, whether it was in the movies or not. Yeah, but, the girlfriend was hot in that. Then she turned out. Then she was on. Uh, Married with children as uh, the next door neighbor, who be you know. oh in the, in the first Friday night Amanda yeah. Beeps yeah 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 yes she well I don't know she wasn't that hot but whatever I don't know I thought she was hot in the first movie you know, she was okay hey man I, I, yeah what 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 I was young what, anything what, what? you know it's like you know yeah because she wore a shirt you could see her nipples through it that's enough to yeah. get going not holding the door man I'm, I'm sorry anyway. Hole's a hole as long as it's got heat. 
Uh, Get me a match, that! Oh, sorry. I did listen to both commentary monthly, monthly Mondays concerning Fright Night and Dracula. Very good episodes. You really need to produce some more movie commentaries. Ooh, is that is he throwing down the gauntlet? You picking it up? You're so neat. <laughs> Hold on. I gotta close the door. Alvin left. Ladies and gentlemen, Alvin has left the garage. He was Oh the he garage, was... you say? Well, you know. You know why he left the garage? Because he was done eating? Because he's got nowhere else to go. I got nowhere else to go! I got nowhere else to go! I got nothing else. Return of the bit! (laughs) (laughs) Dun dun dun! See, if somebody tuned it out because we're doing email, they missed out on it. They missed out on Mayonnaise's return to the show. (laughs) I just set him up and you knock him down. I have heard of the classics illustrated that Scott talked about, but I have never seen one. Never seen any of them? (laughs) Seriously? I've never seen seen one in the wild. I mean, if you never saw that particular one, I, I got you there, but you've never seen any classics illustrated? I can't imagine i may have to look them up thanks for a great episode keep them coming they really help me when i'm doing yard work or housework russell bragg clarksburg west virginia host of the dc comics Presents show p.s i didn't believe for a second that alvin was attacking he looks so sweet in any picture dr bill posts do not believe those pictures there's a there's a vicious heart pumping in that animal don't believe any of it it's all an act. But but quite but frankly, dear, dear if God, anybody listened to it... Help if, me. Help me. <laughs> if anybody listened to it and really thought Alvin was attacking, please let me know. Because that would, that would just make me feel good. <laughs> what? Are you saying that was staged? Uh, no. I have the claw marks to prove it. <laughs> it's like going and cut myself with a knife. Look, look. He's an animal. Well, he is an animal, but... He's an I am not an animal. <laughs> Alvin Merrick, the elephant cat. Would you like? Would you care to move on to the next email? Why? Just, just before we do that, thank you, Russell, for your email. It's always appreciated. I really do enjoy enjoy getting letters from you. Ooh. Now you may move on. I and move along. I shall Ooh. move along home. Alan Moraine. And anybody who doesn't listen to Listen to Profits won't get that joke either. Or Email episodes are always <laughs> chock full of inside jokes. <laughs> and this comes to us from our, I was about to say effervescent podcaster, but I don't think that's the word I was looking for. I don't think that word th- th- means what you think it means. Yeah. <laughs> Luke Giaconetti. Subject, the great grill versus barbecue debate of 2015 rages on. Luke is going to chime in with his opinions. Pliers of the time stream. Hey guys, just finished listening to episode 203 featuring Scott Paul and the Dinner Three Geeks crowd. Really fun episode covering a lot of different areas of discussion. I won't get involved in the whole grill versus barbecue debate, which as a New Yorker who relocated to South Carolina, I am very familiar with. I remind of when I did my freshman orientation at Clemson. And this, I think we'd have to cue the uh, 
dream sequence music. See, I don't have to cue the music because you just did it. There we go. And our very southern and drop-dead gorgeous guide, well, hi, Luke, was telling us. <laughs> the, the picture I'm getting in my mind is not gorgeous <laughs> or drop-dead. Well, maybe drop-dead. <laughs> was telling us that we were all going to a social at the University Outside Club, Edgar's. There's bowling, pool, and video games, and a dance floor. You can shag if you want to. <laughs> what was that? That was my jaw hitting the table. Oh, okay. <laughs> because the next line is, I stopped for a second and said, wait a minute, you can shag at this place, I asked, incredulous. Oh, yeah, yes, man. said. Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> That's a man, baby. <laughs> oh, yeah, she said, I'll shag with you. Here comes the Jack and Eddie charm. Ooh, that sounds great. I fancied the shag with you as soon as I saw you. I'd love to have a shag with you tonight. Right about that time, she started looking at me cockeyed. <laughs> well, excuse me. Oh, and asked, what are you talking about? To which I responded with, have you seen Austin Powers? <laughs> and the blossoming realization on her face turns quickly to embarrassment, anger, and then once again to polite southern charm. Oh, you're terrible, she tells me with a flash of a smile. I assured her after that I was only joking. <laughs> but of course, had we been on the same page from the word usage, word usage standpoint, anyway, not sure how Scott forgot that Monarch Starstalker was in Nova. He was on the cover of number 29, purple cape and all, and he looked just as ridiculous. Did he look like ridiculous. Randolph Mantooth? Randolph Mantooth. Oh, my God, he does look like Randolph Mantooth. I just clicked on the link that he put there. Good Lord. Now I got emergency 51 in my head. I don't want to take credit as if I, uh, as if I came up with it. That was uh, Scott Rifen's take on what he looked like. <laughs> Oh, speaking of old TV, here I'm, I'm bringing um, Luke's email to a screeching halt just because my mind has gone from Emergency 51 to Adam 12 because my son Ben was watching Adam 12. As on, Martin Milner died. As, yes, yes. Ben he, killed Martin Milner. <laughs> he was sad because I, okay, he had been watching Adam 12. Well, Netflix removed Adam 12 off of the thing so he didn't get to finish watching the whole series so then yeah yesterday i'm like hey ben did you see, see who died <laughs> he's like oh so yeah so so oh, ben happy ben you killed him well that's what ben said what did like, netflix kill him i i think jen said oh my god you killed him <laughs> like all right honey nothing quite but, like giving the kids some sort of neurosis if you can Hey, if I could show them, you know, guinea pigs being skinned and eaten. Oh, God. You know. Not, I didn't do that here. I mean, if anybody's we, well, listening we all heard the story. If, if you don't know what Bill's talking about, listen to back episodes. You'll hear. Yeah. Yes, where I got my Dad of the Year award. So, <clears throat> anyway, I have to say that Scott Reifen's refrain of, he's crazy, for the psychotic Batman had me laughing so hard, I almost had to stop the car. That but guy he didn't. Should... Good safe driving, Luke. That guy should look into speaking on the radio as a, as a career, just saying. As a kid who was on the front lines of the image launch and the 90s comics, quote-unquote, drama, 
as Scott dubbed it. I remember well the day I got Spawn number one, as well as reading it the first time. That first time, I was already a McFarlane fan from my beloved Spider-Man versus Venom trade, Venom being my favorite character at the time, and was super excited for Spawn. I remember as I was reading it, thinking that the book was important and mature, and that Spawn was definitely going to be a quote-unquote big deal because Image was a big deal and Spawn was the biggest deal of the whole enchilada. I stuck with the book for a few years, but even at the at the time as a preteen, it was clear from interviews in Wizard Magazine, naturally, and text pieces that McFarlane, while talented as hell, was really in the whole thing for the money. It's all about the money. The money. I never got the same vibe of loving comics from him that I did from a lot of other image creators, namely Jim Lee and Jim Valentino who love them or hate them, clearly believed in Image as more than just a money-making tool. I am very happy for McFarlane, his creation of Spawn, <clears throat> that his creation of Spawn became one of the best-known and successful indie comic characters of all time. But by the same token, I still hold that Valiant, though their foundation, uh, through their foundation of solid storytelling and sensible continuity above flashy art, did just as much to shape the comics industry as Image did. And I do have to say, recently I've noticed there's been like a somewhat of a comeback of Valiant, and I think Luke could probably uh, attest to that because I know I've been seeing a lot of the older characters coming back, and they've had like a uh, they had like a mini series called Unity, which I believe tied in them all. Are are you reading any Valiant books, Paul? I am not. I am reading very very little new stuff right now. Even the new stuff that I was enjoying, I've just kind of fallen behind and, and haven't been keeping up on it. And I've mostly been doing uh, a read of old Avengers and West Coast Avengers issues. Hmm. I've been getting a hankering to reread my, my old FFs as I've, the Fantastic Cast is getting closer. Or at least in my listing, they're getting closer to where I pick up my my physical issues that I can look at. I generally, I'm uh, the the run that they're doing on the Fantastic Cast right now. I'm very familiar with because that that was just maybe a year or two before I started buying comics, mm -hmm. and then when I started getting back issues, those were among the first that I got. So I'm very familiar with those issues. So I, what I've been doing is, as the new episodes come out, I peruse the the, the issue they're going to come they're they're going to cover because I'm like I said, I'm very familiar with them, and then as they do it, you know, I, I can very easily visualize everything they're talking about. Mm -hmm. So, I, I, you know, I try to do that a lot with comics, that with uh, podcasts that are covering, covering books that, I, uh, that I'm familiar with. Just kind of like review it quick before I listen, just because I think it enhances the listening uh, pleasure. Oh, yeah, yeah, because it gives you that whole tactile, not tactile, but multiple sense, sensory input thing. Gives you more enjoyment. Fantastic Four is real easy because I had bought the uh, DVD of the... The Fantastic Four and Silver Surfer collection. Mm -hmm. I think so, I got that too somewhere, but I haven't been able to to dig it out. I copied all of those onto my onto my uh, what you call it, my pad and uh, my tablet rather. So it's real easy for me to, to to look at the book while I'm listening. Even. Hmm. Hmm. I should do that. We'll have to talk later. Although I have the iPad Mini, so it's everything's so small. You need the iPad Maxi. For those heavy times of the month. Anyway, <clears throat> I still hold that Valiant, through their foundation of solid storytelling and sensible continuity above flashy art, 
Did just as much to shape... Am I having deja vu? No, I just went back to the beginning of the sentence. Did just as much to shape the comics industry as Image did, and it did it long before Image was even a concept, much less an entity. Of course, none of that matters much in the long run. Spawn remains a successful and influential series, which still has fans to this day, and for an indie book, that is really saying something. Similar, Similar in a sense to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Savage Dragon, and Hellboy. And of course, Cerebus... Which is the whole? Which is a whole other can of worms. Anyway, thanks for the fun show, guys. And as always, I remain looking forward to more bins. Luke. Our next email is surprisingly enough from Luke Jacanetti. Say it ain't so. It's I can't say it ain't so because it's so. And it is titled to to the back to the back issue bins from the Earth to the Moon and back to the bins again. To the moon, Alice. Pliers of the time, time stream. Hey, guys, I just listened Did, to episode... Wah, wait, 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 wait. Did we do that joke? Did we not do a to the moon, Alice joke in that episode? I do wow. not think we did. How could we That's showing that either remarkable restraint or, <laughs> or advanced Alzheimer's. Mm, maybe a little both. We won't say who had it. The restraint or the Alzheimer's. <laughs> old guy, old guy. <laughs> Flyers of the Time Stream. Hey guys, I just listened to episode 204 where you guys took a look at the classics illustrated of From the Earth to the Moon. I am not a classics illustrated guy. You might want to talk to Russell Bragg. He also isn't. Why don't you guys start your own classics podcast? Or your I Hate Classics podcast. (laughs) Or Movies I Haven't Seen podcast. (laughs) I'm not a classics illustrated guy, but my father is. Dad is not much of a comics fan. But the one book he does regularly search for when he goes with my brother to various cons is Classics Illustrated. A lot of the ones he has are the ones from his childhood. So I do try to keep my eyes peeled for interesting titles as gifts for him. To wit, for his birthday this year, one of the gifts I gave him was a copy of Classics Illustrated number 144, First Men in the Moon. Probably best known nowadays for the 1964 film with special effects by Ray Harryhausen. I am right there with Scott regarding trying to research on specific printings or editions for any single issue of Classics Illustrated. The books were in print pretty much continuously from the 1940s to the end of the 60s. Some of the more popular early stories hit double-digit printings. I will have to start doing more in-depth research in how to properly tell which edition is which. But that's just another research project for me on my constantly growing list of figure out what the deal is with this stuff I keep on my desk. Now, while I do not own any Classics Illustrateds, I do have a soft spot for a similar series, Marvel Classic Comics. This was Marvel's attempt at the same market as Classics Illustrated in the mid to late 70s, adapting many of the same stories in its, through its 36-issue run. The art was more modern than on Classics Illustrated, and they did some unique stories on there, including Bram Stoker's Dracula and H. Ryder Haggard's She. I got hooked on this series back in 2014 at HeroCon when I happened upon a few issues in a dollar bin, namely The Odyssey, The Iliad, Frankenstein, and The Invisible Man. I added a few more from eBay and then a couple more at HeroesCon this year, including H.G. Wells' Food of the Gods, the movie version of which was just released on Blu-ray. So now I have a nice collection of books. Of course, while looking for Marvel Classics comics at HeroCon this year, 
I ended up with several classics illustrated in my hand, including 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea and The Three Musketeers that I absolutely had to put back down unless I started down that path. Of course, I might end up down that path soon enough anyway. So, thanks for the fun show, guys. Always looking forward to more Back to the Bins. Luke. Join us. Join us down the path. You don't know the power of the Classics Illustrated. Or the Marvel. All right. Well, I'm going to read the next one. And actually, I'm going to read the next two. Well, because they go back to back. Back to back to back. Back to back to the bins. Back to the bins 206. Rock and roll will never die from our good friend Russell Bragg. Hey, guys. Won't mention won't mention names as it always gets Scott mad. Yeah, Scott's not here. You can mention his name. <laughs> I thought I had Dr. Bill's book for once, but didn't. <laughs> wah, wah. It's like the sad trumpet, you know, on a price is right. What was, your, what was your book in that episode? Uh, that was the JLA Zatanna one? Yes, yes. <clears throat> Uh, what was a Mazo in that? I think. Yep. Yep. When they're losing their powers. Yeah. So as usual, I didn't have any of. So as usual, I didn't have any of the three books talked about this episode. It is still my goal to have all of the issues synopsized, if that's a word. Believe, yeah, yeah. We we make it up as a word. Um, during an episode, I think if I had two, I think I had two or three once. But that was as close as I got. Independent books will be hard since I only have a handful. I enjoy the episode as always. I learned a lot since I'd never heard of Black Goliath or Gridlock. I don't know if I'll remember any if I remember anything talked about those two, but it was very enjoyable. Dr. Bill's book intrigued me overall because I always wondered when and how Zatanna lost or had her powers changed. I recently did a spotlight on Zatanna for my show, the DC Comics Presents show, and it came up. Now I know, well, now I know. Thanks, Dr. Bill. My ears perked up a little more than usual when you mentioned Jack Benny. I would not call myself a Jack Benny aficionado, but I am a huge fan. I have seen the Jack Benny Mel Blanc TV episode you referred to. It definitely had a dark ending, but at least Jack paid for his purchase. This routine was played over and over at Christmas time on his radio program. It was always a present for Don Wilson, Jack's announcer, he had trouble coming up with. One year, it was shoelaces, plastic tips, or metal tips. One year, a wallet, leather or plastic, paints, oil or watercolor, and, and on and on. And Mel Blanc always portrayed the store clerk that had to deal with Jack. Mel always asked for a different department to work each Christmas, but Jack always found him. It is always good listening and good fun. Thanks for the memories and for the learning. Just so you know, I postponed my mowing to Sunday so I could listen to this particular episode. Its upload was delayed for some reason and came out Sunday instead of Saturday. <coughs> well, you know, somebody was Saturday on vacation. I was in Orlando. <laughs> and I think uh, that was the Saturday. That was the Friday I drove down and the Saturday I drove over. Yeah, it was a Saturday that you, yeah, me, yeah. So, Matt, so all went out you, comic shop hopping. So you couldn't even send it to me to do anything with. Although I guess you could have sent it to Scott. Hmm. And he could have posted it. We'll blame Scott because he's not here. 
No matter what day it shows up in iTunes, I eagerly await each and every episode. Thanks for keeping me entertained. Russell Bragg, Clarksburg, West Virginia, host of the DC Comics Presents show. And Russell was followed up just a few days later with the same tagline for Back to the Bins 206, Rock and Roll Will Never Die. And he says, P.S., guess what came in the mail today? A ticking avocado? Nothing? I you don't know that? I got nothing. That was from Alice. That was when Mel Mel was getting threatened by the mob, and he was afraid he was going to get a bomb in the mail, and it was like a, an a, avocado or something, and it's like, it's a ticking avocado. Anyway. Don't remember it. I was a big Alice fan, though. <laughs> Guess what came in the mail today? At Justice League of America lot, I won on eBay, and the issue packaged on top was Dr. Bill's comic, number 191. Also, the key becomes a dwarf in JLA-150. I think thanks to Green Lantern's John Stewart's power ring. Russell Bragg, Clarksburg, West Virginia, host of the DC Comics Present Show. Yeah, because I think we were asking how or who shrunk his head. Or, no, shrunk his body, but he had the big head. He was yep. like a big, big giant bobblehead. Yep. The key bobblehead. And thank you again, Russell. Thank you, thank you. Next email is titled... Well, bite me too, from Russell, from Russell, from Ron Sadowski, everyone's for, everyone's good friend, Ron Sadowski. Gee, back to the bins, guys. Thanks for the supportive comments on episode two hundred four. Next time, just stand on my neck. <laughs> I don't remember exactly what we said, but it was probably had something to do with making fun of him for his barbecue definition, right? Yeah. Well, no, no. I think it's because we read it. Did we read an email that had he was, was mentioning something was missing out of a, another episode? Out of an episode that was five years before either of us were on the show, you mean? <laughs> that was cut out. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yes, I am listing. I am listing through the entire run of BTTB, and unlike Scott, I don't want to comment on someone's years-old episodes. But my point was that Scott and Mike were doing an issue of Burns Hulk every episode back then. And episode 39's Hulk segment is missing and was just wanting to let you know. And then the same. They were doing a burn issue every episode? A burn Hulk? Like every. Well, I think there's only like six, wasn't there? I don't know. I don't know. It's. it's, 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 The ramblings of a madman. What do you want me to say? (laughs) It's it's BP. Yeah. Before Paul. In the same vein, episode 50, and it, just to get extra picayune because it's Ron and his barbecue definition, uh, when you say in the same vein, are you supposed to spell vein V-A-I-N? Hmm. Well, vein, wouldn't that mean it's like thinking it's better than itself? I think that might be. But if it's vein... I, I, I think guess... it could be the same vein like a blood vein. That would be V-E-I-N. Yeah. Or a weather vein, I believe, is V-A-N-E. Yeah. Just saying, I'm just saying, you know, I'm just stepping on your neck there, Ron. <laughs> I can't read it. And in the same vein, episode 50 is only 37 minutes long. I was real enjoying it. Then when the synopsis is abruptly ended, I still have 51 to 100 to listen to. If I find any others and any others truncated episodes, should I let you know or keep it to myself? Eh, let us know. What the hell? As much as, we're, as much as I'm having fun just abusing you here, Ron, I, I appreciate your uh, your commentary, and I actually like when you're on the show. It's nice to have that critical eye turned somewhere else besides my way. 
or, or towards my barbecue. Uh, whenever you have the hair metal hero do his sleepwalker issue, which I hope you will keep doing, and I hope Hero will keep doing it as well because I enjoy it. I, I need to listen to his interview with the sleepwalker guys. I haven't it's really done that good. yet. It's really good. I, and I, I, I highly recommend it. You know the whole story behind that, right? Uh, which story is that? How we found out about that because Scott went. It was in, at a, a TampaCon, right? Yeah, Scott went into the bathroom and it was like stuck to the mirror, so he grabbed it and we told Hero about it. So right, I remember him putting it on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, so from a bathroom stall at Tampa Bay Comic Con to your to your ears, ears. ooh. <laughs> uh, you might want to have a clip of Sleepwalker by the Kinks. I do hope you. I hope. I do hope one day you figure out how to do the do clips live. Then everyone could have their own intro. By the way, I. By the way, really have enjoyed the handful of guest hosts since episode two hundred. More the merrier. I, I think he likes it so much because he was one of them. Ah, ooh, and he signed it too. Ron Sadowski, Dinner for Geeks, Barbecue Expert Extraordinaire. If somebody was that much of a barbecue expert and they come to your house, shouldn't they bring some of their barbecue expertise over to the barbecue? But he was instead guessed. of sitting on the chair and just waiting to be served. <laughs> now, now, just a thought, because I, I, I didn't get any of these pithy comments from Mister Sadowski on when, when I was walking over with a, a tray full of burgers or hot dogs or sausages. It, it, it wasn't until after he left with his his stomach quite full that he made all these comments. I, I, for one, had no problem with your sausage and enjoyed it quite well. <laughs> I think we have another <laughs> clip here. <laughs> oh, I can't believe I said that with a straight face. <laughs> it was tough. On to the final email. I hold in my hand the final email. <laughs> oh, wait. I wanted to address one thing. He says he's uh, talking about how to do clips live. I, I think to do that, we need like certain pieces of equipment or we can need some to kind of soundboard. I think. Y yeah. Yeah. Cause I remember I talked briefly with Matt, um, from star Wars and character about that. And, and yeah, it can be done, but you know, I don't think it could be done on our budget. <laughs> you mean our budget of zero? <laughs> yeah. So, yep. We, uh, I will actually, I have in front of me, our, our last email. Yeah, but that's not a piece of paper he's doing that with, guys. <laughs> yeah, that, yes, it was. Very funny. Actually, actually, you know what I was doing it with? Peeling behind I, the I curtain. do not want to know. Please. No, I have in front of me the... the it's, it's a copy of Action Comics number one. <laughs> Rip. I have in front of me the delinquent account information notice from the Stephen King Library. <laughs> Is that like 30 years old? Dear William Robinson, it has been several months since you received your order, and to date we have not received payment or heard that there were any issues with the shipment. Paying this past due balance of twenty one ninety four will bring your account current and prevent further delinquency. So basically, I've been in fear of my life from the Stephen King Book Club. Police are going to come and take me away. But see, I returned this book back in June because I didn't. I was like, I don't. I got enough Stephen King books. He's not putting anything out. I think I really need to get right now. So I'm so I sent it back. Well, then I got a notice like last month when everything was going crazy trying to get Katie off the college 
So I just got shuffled under the pile of papers. And so then I got another one. So I've been living in fear of my life for the past uh, since since this came in the mail, I think, like last Thursday. And I was finally able to get a hold of them this evening when it, when I came home and the Stephen police, the Stephen King police will not come for me because I was getting a little worried because Stephen King lives in Sarasota, which is not that far from me. So, you know, like in my fevered dreams, I, I pictured, you know, Stephen King comes to my door. Bell, you owe me twenty one ninety four. He writes me into a book and kills me or something. <laughs> But the guy that wouldn't pay his book club bill, what are they going to do? Because that's what I joked to my wife. I'm like, oh, what are they going to do? They're going to send Stephen King after me? And then I like paused for a moment. Ooh. You know, you know, just along those lines, I got a notice to, today uh, from my credit card company that somebody charged two separate charges, but it added up to over $11,000 at Neiman Marcus. Wow. Today. Hmm. I was like, yeah, I, that wasn't me. <laughs> Well, I actually one of my bank uh, cards uh, probably too much public information I'm putting out here. One of my bank cards uh, I told told you about that, didn't I? That uh, one of my cards was cut off because, and they had call, called me saying, "Hey, contact us about a possible fraud thing." So I finally called it, and they said, "Yeah, did you charge something in Miami and then in Sears in Illinois?" I'm like, no. So they yeah, mine was in Pennsylvania. Huh. Yeah, so they had froze that 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 particular bank card, which I was glad that they did. So kudos to Wells Fargo. Thank you very much. So thanks for shutting my card down so nobody could try to keep getting money out of it. So but anyway, that's enough of our personal uh, finances. We are at our final email, like we have said, and the subject is Vampire Saga or Amazing Spider-Man 102. Oh, spam. And this is from Matthew Guy. I don't think has Matthew written to us before. I don't know, but if he had, we probably said this same thing. So it's almost like deja vu. Yeah. Or Vujade. Or Sarde. Smooth operator. I just see you as Sade as a smooth operator. Or anyway, smile. Oh yeah, there you go. Oh no, I just saw you in the Apollo smile outfit, and I think I just threw up a little bit in my mouth. Anyway, back to the bins crew. I enjoy the format of the show. I really like the Marvel. I really like the Marvel and indie comics one since I'm a heavy DC, largely. Uh, focused on Superman fan. In the past, Amazing Spider-Man 100 and 101 was reviewed, but alas, no 102 of the Multiple Arms Saga. I get it you want a large variety, but if you could wrap up the adventure since it has been two and a half years, uh, I would be grateful. Finally, who are your favorite creators, be it writer or artist, in comics? Thanks again for all you do. Bill... I think he was just doing alphabetical. Bill and Paul in making Saturdays even more awesome. Matthew Guy. Woo! Okay, well, first point. Uh, yeah, I think I said when we did issue 101 that eventually I wanted to do 102. And I haven't gotten around to it. But I still plan on it sooner or later. One day I'm going to pick it up and do it as, as my book. Because I'd like to conclude that saga well, as well. Did, did we actually do 101 or did we do the what if? Did we do we, we did we did 100, we did 101, and we did the what if. 
You do the one F. Okay. So eventually we'll do 102. I, I can pretty much promise you that, Matthew. Uh, secondly, favorite creators. I think my artists are real easy. I always say my top three are Jack Kirby, John Romita. Actually, in reverse order. John Romita, Jack Kirby, and Neil Adams. Writer is a little bit more difficult. Uh, of course, I'll always put Stan Lee there. Uh, Jerry Conway, Steve Englehart. You know, I'm, I'm naming writers from the era when I was a kid and I started collecting, but those were my favorites then and still have a very uh, special place for me. Uh, of the current writers, I would say probably my favorite guy out there is Mark Wade. Uh, hmm. And there's others that I like, but that's I would say he's the best one. Uh, for me, for artists, um, I want to say Adams, Byrne, and the other one is just kind of flip-flops. I like some of the early Frank Miller. I'm not real keen on some of his Sin City stuff, but I liked some of the early Daredevil. Um, and a little bit of the, the first Dark Knight Returns. Um, for a writer, again, Byrne would kind of go into that when he was writing the FF. Roy Thomas, I'm always like a good wordy Roy Thomas intricate storyline. Um, and from a more modern one, oh, of course, now it's like slipping right off of my head. When Cap was shot and killed for a while. Brubaker, yes, Brubaker. Excellent, excellent. I, have, I mean, you haven't mentioned anybody who I don't think very highly of. So it's, you know, exclusion from that list doesn't mean, oh, you don't like that guy. Yeah, no, that's just all I can, you know, just right off the top of my head. So, so well, thank, uh, thanks. We're glad we can make your Saturday even more awesome. And I'm, and Scott makes your Saturday awesome, too, when, when he can make it. But his schedule's, you know, you know, all our schedules are kind of busy. You know, I, I wasn't able to make the Val Merrick show which I wanted to, but just sometimes we just can't all be here when we want to. So we get here when we can, or we record when we can. We do it all for you at Ben Donald's. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Grab a bucket and mop. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I think that that's, that's all very true. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, you got to keep in mind, we all have, lives beyond doing this we love doing this that's why we do it there's, there's really no other incentive to do it other than the love of doing it uh, but each of us has a job and each of us has a family so we have other responsibilities each of us has a home that has to be maintained i mean there's a lot of stuff going on uh and and the fact that we find as much time to dedicate this to this as we do probably already puts us into the uh a situation where we could easily be described as abnormal so, uh, you know, the fact that we can't manage to sync our schedules every week, uh, I think, you you know, we're sorry we can't, but, you know, we, we would if we could. That's all I could say. Oh, and I, I do want to put out one shout out to anyone who is listening. Recently, um, uh, Chris Honeywell posted up in the in the Facebook group. So some of you that are listening may not have heard it if you seen it or excuse me seen it if you're not on facebook and that was that we had over 1 million hits last month for the month of august and then we actually had 16,000 individual 
um, IP addresses that that actually access the site. I'm thinking so, they're all downloading back to the bins. <laughs> well, Chris said that that translates probably to about eleven to twelve, maybe ten to eleven thousand actual people that are downloading something. And considering how many there's, what thirty plus shows on there, somebody's got to be listening to us. <laughs> Well, uh, there's Russell, there's Luke, there's Ron, and there's, there's Matthew. Matthew. There we go. So and Scott. Yeah, that's the one thing. If Scott isn't here, or if Scott is here, he's always listening to see what the final product is going to sound like. Oh yeah, and he's always mad, going, "You sons of bitches! You, you read that, that email when I wasn't there. <laughs> you sons of bitches! You did challenges of the unknown." I'm never going to let him live that one down. I know. That was... <laughs> you guys did Challenger the Unknown with Swamp Thing? Oh, my God. Like, really? Really, dude? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, have good a night. good night, everybody. And uh, I believe coming soon, in the month of October, we're going to be doing Horror Month. <laughs> it's very scary. Very scary. Dr. Floyd's 3D House of Stewardesses. Nothing? You didn't watch SCTV? Just a little. Oh, okay. I don't think... Wait a minute. No. Count Floyd was the horror host. It was something else. John Candy was the doctor something, and they they he did the 3D thing with the glass, like he would put, put the glass up to the camera and come back on... Oh, yeah. I remember John, John Candy. Just one of the, my favorite skits was... He did one called The Fishing Musician. Remember that? I... Do vaguely, yeah. He, pl- he played like a uh, you know an outdoorsman. He had you know the flannel shirt and stuff, and and he would go fishing with musical groups, and they actually had the the group the Tubes. Oh, I think they, I do. They remember were on that. the show. They performed, and then they had all these photos of them out fishing together, and and I just remember like they're, they're showing the photos of them fishing together, and then they, they show them they they barbecue the fish, and they're eating the fish, and he's like, oh that looks great, that looks great. I just wish I could eat it. And they're like, you can't eat it? He's like, oh, I can't stand the stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's doing a fishing show. Yeah. I sent a link to Luke once because there was a um, – John Candy was dressed as like a Godzilla analog type creature. And they 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 did a green screen effect where he's in this chair next to a blatant uh, – it was one of the one half – not Rick Moranis, but the other guy that plays – in uh, the Great White North, Dave. Oh, uh, yeah, Dave, Dave, Dave. Ah, no, I was, was going to say Dave Matthews. No. Oh, I can't even think of it. Ah. Uh, anyway. <laughs> yeah, but he was a Oriental. Uh, oh God, such a stereotype. And he was interviewing the creature, and they kept like shooting at him and trying to make him angry. <laughs> Dave Thomas. Dave Thomas, yes, it was, and he's like, "Oh, oh, please, don't, don't get mad, don't hit me." And he's like looking up at him, and he, "No, no, I'm fine, I'm fine." And he, you know, because John Candy, as the monster, is trying to be relaxed and everything, and then they're flying jets in and attacking him, and he, he's like, "Cut it out, cut it out! I'm trying to stay calm. What the hell's wrong with you?" <laughs> so, all right, well, I guess we've dragged this out long enough. Yeah, we're probably off already, anyway. Really? Oh, none of this is going to make the show. Damn. Uh... Thank you so much for listening to our show, and we hope you'll continue to join us each and every week for more good old-fashioned comic book back-issue awesomeness. 
You can contact Back to the Bins to leave feedback, comments, questions, suggestions, and criticisms via email at backtothebins at gmail.com or by joining the Back to the Bins group on Facebook. Back to the Bins is a proud affiliate of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, which you may find at www.twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is a registered trademark of Demanzo Corps of Milan, Italy. All rights reserved. Each and every month, the Two True Freaks Network produces dozens of new and exciting episodes which regularly reach tens of thousands of loyal listeners worldwide. Sponsorship and or advertising opportunities are available. Inquiries may be made via email to twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Please take a moment to stop by the twotruefreaks.com site and check out their many other fine podcasts, won't you? Thanks, and we'll see you next week.